1: This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2020. It has been edited from its original format. Hi everyone, I'm Christine Gritman and welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I do this show every single Friday at 12 noon Eastern time right here on Facebook Live. And I'm so happy. Okay, we have at least one person here. Yay, Juan. Today we've had a a few little technical difficulties. There may be more, but we'll see because we are keeping it real today and ditching the act. To that end, our guest today, Ryan Foland. He was actually on my old show, Social, almost exactly a year ago. Those of you who get my emails will know that that means he's being featured in next Thursday's email for Throwback Thursday. And uh, so his whole thing is about ditching the act. He is a consultant. He is a keynote speaker. He has really, he's done a lot of different things in his career. Entrepreneurship teaching karate. He's a sailor. He does all this cool stuff. But here's the great part. It is all about keeping it real and bringing his whole self to the table rather than playing some sort of part of what he should be. Because what he should be is himself. So let's bring on the fabulous Ryan Foley! (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I'm taking a sip of my uh, my peppermint mocha coffee out of this very fancy mug that I have, which reminds me to talk about brand, which is exactly what we're doing here.
1: That is a pretty amazing mug, I gotta say. I have one of those too. So we, we are like twinning here with our mugs and our books. Ooh, It's a good combo, the orange and red, very autumnal.
0: Yes, bookmarks make for good stir sticks when you're in a pinch.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I would never want to sully a Dish the Act bookmark in such a way. But I actually don't have a bookmark because I didn't get my book from you. I got it on Amazon. So next time we're in the same place at the same time, someday, I'm going to have to have you draw a little stick figure in my book (laughs) for me and get a um, a bookmark.
0: I would love to. I would love to. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I can't believe it's been a year. And what a crazy year.
1: God, what a crazy year. And also what a crazy day. I've been looking at the wrong camera this whole couple of minutes here. <laughs> <laughs> it is just, it's Mercury is retrograde, folks. I don't know if you believe in such things, but it's legit. Okay, so let's- Hey, wait,
0: real quick, real quick. I'll let you know. Yeah. Snippet that what you believe in, you look for to support. Uh, it's called cognitive dissonance. So whether you believe in Mercury, mercury reg, retrograde or not, whatever you think, is what you will look for the data to support your thoughts, which can have all kinds of crazy applications for the positive. So it's true.
1: That is fair. And, you know, I've actually had a pretty decent Mercury retrograde so far. It's just all hidden today, you know. But it is what it is. We keep on rolling and we keep it real and authentic. So, Ryan, to that end, you've done a lot of different things and now you've become kind of the authenticity guy. So how did that come about? How did you have that moment where you're like, you know what? this is my niche.
0: <laughs> uh, because I was sick of trying to flip flop between what I was thinking I should be doing. And what did that think, look
1: like, by the way, when you were when you were doing the act before you ditched it?
0: Yeah. So what, one real easy example is that uh, I wanted to become a speaker. I wanted to become a professional speaker. I wanted to be paid for speaking. And so I thought, well, I just need to tell everybody I'm a speaker. And uh, the problem is I did that and nobody hired me. <laughs> uh, I wrote blogs and nobody necessarily read them. And I tried to sort of play to what that stereotype would be in the mind because it's easy to look at professional speakers and say, well, if I just sort of duplicate what they're doing, um, it should work for me. And I realized pretty quickly that it, that's it just didn't work. I didn't get traction. And there was a certain moment where I was actually, I thought I was gonna get fired from a job at UCI running this entrepreneurship center, which I just absolutely loved, because I was able to take my experience and, and share it in a way to help others uh, shortcut their learnings. And I thought I was gonna get fired, and I had this moment, I was like, you know what? I'm just so sick of like having to rebrand myself. I was the guy who was running the entrepreneurship center at UCI. If I'm going to get fired, I'm going to have to come up with what I am next. And if you look at the, my history, I've done a lot of these, oh, I'm this guy. Uh, and then that fails. And then you're like, okay, now think of me as this guy. And then that fails. And then and you just get sick of it. You do and the so... hokey pokey
1: and you turn yourself around. <laughs> but that's not what it's all about, Ryan. It's not. No.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. And, and I realized at that moment, I said, I need to build a brand that is who I am. And it's going to be the collection of all of these things, because what happened is that if I'm going to be a professional speaker, why would I talk about being bullied as a kid? Why would I talk about my passion for martial arts? How would I really tie in the fact that if I'm if I could do something, I would be in a sailboat or underwater. And so it just became very muddled. And the moment for me was when I realized, look, whatever it is that I'm doing, it needs to be one for that and one for me. And I need to put myself in front of it. So instead of Ryan, who's working in app development, or Ryan, who is um, working at a university, it's Ryan. <laughs> and he happens to real. be doing this at that moment. And so if you visually think of it in stick figures, um, I have a fun stick figure drawing that sort of draws out my whole life and all of the, the major moments. you have it handy? Um, Yeah, I could. Well, it's, all, it's on my website. Oh, okay. Can, you know, it's it's basically like from little Ryan all the way to big Ryan. And a good visualization is that when I tried to build a brand that wasn't truly authentic, I sort of erased everything up until what I was now. And I think a lot of us do that where when we build our bio or we're trying to take on a new profession or even in this pandemic, we're trying to like rebrand because whatever we did before maybe didn't work. We think about like, OK, how can we sort of like downplay or erase everything that's happened in the past and just get people to focus on what I'm doing now? But the problem with that is that you lose all of that experience that you can share. And I truly think that building an authentic brand is highlighting your experience and letting somebody else decide that you have expertise. As opposed to, I have expertise, I'm an expert, look at me. And they're like, where did all this come from? So <clears throat> through, through that as a process, I sort of owned my whole story. And I talk about not just the good shiny parts. I talk about how I was at a point to file bankruptcy and and I actually mailed it in and it got returned to me because I didn't have enough stamps on it. And for me, that was a a change in my life. That's a sign.
1: That's a sign that you're on the wrong path when it's like, nope, don't do this.
0: You literally got the mail
1: returned to you by God.
0: Yes. And it was 32 cents short. (laughs) And as I grew up, I played 15 years of hockey as a goaltender, and my idol was Kelly Rudy, whose number was 32. And just all these weird little things, you know, uh, at that moment, it was my Mercury retrograde. But the point is, I was so fearful to share that moment with anyone. But now it's something that I'm proud of because it truly has changed the way that I look at the world and who I am as a person. And so if you look at the book, if you look at all these things – it's about not trying to build a brand on your highlight real. It's about trying to build a brand on your highlight R-E-A-L. And it gives you the opportunity to sort of be imperfect and to connect with people where, where they might find common ground. Because if I'm like almost professional speaker, people are like, oh, good for you. But if you're like, hey, I'm just a regular person who has a hard time spelling, uh, who, who is, uh, you know, has the same tech problems with you, has had financial issues, uh, has a business partner issues, all these other things, then people can see themselves in my story. And that's the trick. So I want to encourage people to be a little bit more vulnerable, to share the stuff that they don't think matters, because it's what creates relatability. And so many people try to get people to like them online. But it's really about letting people get to know you so that they can make a decision whether or not they like you. And if they like you, not everybody has to like you, by the way, if they like you, then it's a foundation for trust and a foundation for trust is the foundation for loyalty and so worry about being yourself and you'll attract people that have uh you know common ground and similarities and that that's where that's where the journey is exciting it's not a race to to build a brand it's building a brand that represents who you are in, in all of your colors and as your life changes
1: I love that so much. Now, you work with people to help them do this. Uh, what are some common things that get in the way? There's likability, which you mentioned. There's a need to put it in a bright, shiny highlight reel. But you know, people say, okay, be authentic. I don't know what that means for me, You know, because Here's... we're too close to it to see the picture. So how do people tease out what those things are that are their personal brand?
0: So I have a process called the rapid reflection discovery process. And I think that sometimes the hardest thing to do is to start. And so this is a really cool starting point, very high level overview of it. I believe that a brand, your personal brand, is the intersection between what people think about you based on your digital breadcrumbs, your history, what they can find out about you and what you wanna be known for. It's the intersection. So Jeff Bezos is famous for saying your brand is what everybody says when you're not there. I don't think that's entirely the case. We have control over the content that we create. And so your brand is the intersection between what people know about you and what you wanna be known for. So how do you duplicate this as an experiment? You ask your friends, family, coworkers, your your followers to give you words and phrases that come to mind when they think about you. It's best if this is done anonymously so you have somebody collect the answers. Old school, they could drop off post-it notes at your door. So you get people that that say, oh, I think of him as a speaker. I think of him as kind of a high-energy guy. I think of him as this. Gather that data. Don't look at it. Take post-it notes on your own and decide all the things that you want to be known for. This is your choice. What do you, in an ideal world, want to be known for? Then you take these pieces of data. I like to put them on post-it notes and physically put them up onto a wall. Then you group them into groups. The outliers you get rid of and you'll have these these chunks of post-it notes that that have a theme to it. Oh, all of these kind of have to do with the fact that he's a public speaker or they think of him about speaking. Oh, this one, they know that he likes the ocean and scuba diving and things like that. And then the challenge is to pick three of those clusters. Three is the magic word. So this is how you start. You say, what do I wanna be known as that other people think about me in when it comes to my profession? Then the same concept for you as your personality and something that you do for fun or your hobbies. So then you have three things to corner and start your brand on. Something professional, something personal, and something that uh, you know you do as a hobby. And then that gives you a chance to use that as a content filter. So if you if you didn't do this and you just said, I wanna be known as a speaker, and everybody's like, but we don't know you as a speaker. It's gonna be very hard to connect those dots because it's easier to convince people of something that they already know. And so you start with this common ground and then you have the chance to evolve your content to then create digital breadcrumbs so people evolve to see you in your journey. So that, that's where I help people start.
1: I okay. love that, that is perfect. <laughs> All right. So moving on from that, uh, we have some great questions from our Twitter chat on Tuesday. And I would also really, really love to get questions from our live audience today. So uh, let's dive right in. You had actually mentioned the idea of likability and being worried people won't respond well. So uh, Stacy wants to know, what should you do when people respond to your authenticity negatively? Is it your responsibility to do anything?
0: Don't feed the trolls. Honestly, everybody's dealing with something, but if you do it in a way that is, um, baby stepped, you will avoid people sort of lashing out at you and, 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 and trolling you. And I say baby step, because if you all of a sudden you're like, okay, Ryan has convinced me to, to be more vulnerable and you just go to the internet and then you just like emotionally vomit about everything that's gone wrong in your life. That's going to stir the pot and people are going to be like, what? And then they might they might react to it. Uh, in the book, I talk about five levels of exposure. And like anything, you start small. So don't go out there and talk about the fact that you almost filed for bankruptcy right out the gate. What you do is you start with level one exposures, which are silly, stupid stuff that, um, they, that kind of are silly and maybe embarrassing, but aren't really important. Things like typos. For example, Linda Ray. As a result of finding out about this, read my bio and she tweeted me in a DM and said, I found some typos in your bio. Like it was a very positive way she did it. But I was like,
1: I love her. Oh, my
0: gosh. Like (laughs) I have typos in my bio. Like, there we go. But if I were to share that, got a little laugh out of you. And it might be something that other people resonate with. And that's a level one. Level two has to do with personal relationships. So if I talk about the challenges that I've had in breaking up with a business partner I had for five years who also happened to be the co-author of my book, that's a little bit harder to share, but so many people have had challenges with relationships or business partners or things that didn't work. And now we have this common ground. Level three might be a little bit more serious, maybe about financial challenges. Level four are the big failures that you're super scared about sharing. And level five is what not to share. So the answer in in short is take baby steps. And when you start small, people get to know you. And then those people who uh, who find common ground, they'll continue to stay with you. And for I would say for every negative comment you get, you might get five or six or ten positive comments. People there to support you, giving you ideas. You have to look at social as a two way street. And if you don't, if all you're doing is here's my blog and here's my podcast and here's how amazing I am. What is your audience supposed to do? Mm-hmm. But if you say, oh, my gosh, I've been super stressed out lately. I've been having way too many Zooms and I'm and I'm kind of like burnt out. There's going to be people that will recognize that in themselves. And then they will say, try this or get offline or try to do some other things. And, and, and actually, you're giving people a chance to help you. So don't feed the trolls and start small.
1: Awesome. Great advice. Wholesome Media wants to know authenticity is the trend now. Everyone's keeping it real. But what happens if everyone becomes authentic? Like, how will we stand apart if everyone's whole thing is, ah, I'm here?
0: Okay. I love this question. And I think that if everyone really, truly were authentic, it would be such an amazing world. Because to be authentic isn't the trend. Being authentic allows you to share your unique experiences. That no one else has. And imagine if the people that are at the, the highest levels, the CEOs and, and the, the C-suite, if they started to be a little bit more authentic, they're going to relate better with the middle managers and the employees. And the employees will see that they're a lot more like the people that are in charge of, of, their, of their daily activity. It's not that everybody's going to be authentic and then you're going to be like um, – you're, you're not going to reach your limit of authenticity. The fact that people – are understanding the value of authenticity is gonna let individual personalities shine through. It's gonna let people share stories that they've never shared before that are so niche and unique that it's gonna open up your eyes and go, oh my gosh. So I think that authenticity as a, hey, I'm being authentic, isn't what I'm talking about. It's about being honest with yourself and creating content that is authentic. And so, so there's a spin. What I do think is going to happen is that communities are going to get smaller and smaller, more niched. Gone are going to be the days where you're like, I'm Ryan and I'm for everybody. Like, Hey, you want me to be your speaker? I'll speak on your stage, your stage. No, there are people that are going to resonate with you, Christine, and your community will get maybe smaller, but tighter. I love that. And don't, don't worry about trying to play to the masses. Followers don't matter. Nope. People who actually care about your content matter. So that's the I Through the masses,
1: man. We've got just a few more minutes and a bunch more questions. So we're going to zip through these next few. Um, I'll I'll give quick answers. In this COVID, er this is a deep one, though. Uh, First of all, what are your thoughts for the future of personal branding in 2021, 2022, assuming the world is still here? And to that end, also, uh, how has COVID-19 and what's going on this year impacted that, in
0: your opinion? It's so much more important than ever to be someone who has digital breadcrumbs online. If you go to my definition of a brand, it's the intersection between what people know about you or can find out about you and what you wanna be known for. So if you're not creating content, if you're not creating digital breadcrumbs, then when someone Googles you, you don't have as much control over your own story and what they think. We're all virtual now. Like, it has happened and it's happening. COVID is not going away. There's gonna be a COVID-20, COVID-21, I'm sure. Like, this is our new reality. So the best thing we can do is is believe in science, do our part, wear our masks, be healthy and adopt this new world. And if you I've said this before, it sounds aggressive. Uh, If nobody can find you like your business doesn't matter. If 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 nobody knows who you are, how are you supposed to to gain traction, whether it's a startup or 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 actual employment or even moving up as a manager? The idea is that The more you participate in your own narrative, the more you can help to influence the way that you want to be seen. And when you want to be seen as something that's authentic to you, like I love scuba diving, so I'm going to talk about it. I love sailing, so I'm going to talk about it. I lose stuff, so I'm going to talk about it. (laughs) It takes the anxiety out of it. If you've tried to build a perfect brand, you know the anxiety. You know the stress that comes along with it.
1: Yeah, it all comes out less stress. It all comes out Uh, to that end about controlling the narrative. Trisha wants to know um, she's having trouble struggling to figure out her elevator pitch, what she does. So how does one kind of figure that out?
0: I love it. I have a solution for that. It's called the 313. I've been talking and speaking about around the world for over six years now. In order to explain what you do, you have to explain the problem that you solve because nobody cares what you do. And that's probably your challenge. So uh, you can go to my website and click on 313. Uh, I have a 313 podcast where every, you know, every week or every other week, depending on how I'm feeling, I work people through this process. But in short, first tell people the problem that you solve, then tell people your solution and clarify that it's not for everyone. I also, my third TEDx talk um, is also on this topic. Nobody cares what you do. They care about the problem that you solve. So your solution to an elevator pitch is to nail down what problem you solve.
1: Perfection. Just like two more questions here. So one of them is about how do you stay relevant and and whatever that even means
0: to you. So if we're, I'm going to tie this back to authenticity. We all have things that are relevant in our own lives we all essentially translate and interpret what's happening in the world from a relevancy standpoint. You don't have to be on TikTok to be relevant. You don't have to be doing LinkedIn stories now to be relevant. To be relevant, you have to be comfortable sharing how you are interpreting the world, how you are feeling about it, how, um, how, how you are experiencing the world. Relevance isn't about keeping up with platforms. Relevance is about knowing the type of content that you enjoy making so that it's not like pulling teeth every week as you're trying to keep up with the Joneses on different platforms. Remember, you have to, and in, in going back to your pitch, if you don't understand your target market, if you can't explain who you're after without using the A word or the E word, anyone or everyone.
1: I was about to say, you got to tell us what the A and E words are.
0: <laughs> anyone or everyone. In my podcast, when I ask people who is your target market and they say the A word or the E word, they get a buzzer because the more narrow and niched you are, the more relevant you can be to that audience. If you try to play relevance to everyone, you're going to lose. So again, what's relevant to you will keep you relevant.
1: I love it. And then our final question before we announce our prize winner, and you actually saw this one already, but you do a lot of sailing. And yes. Marianne wants to know the best sailing you've done, and her own is Whit Sundays and Sydney Harbour for the scenery and views.
0: You know, I tweeted her back immediately, saying, uh, "Spoiler alert! It's in my backyard and my 14-foot laser in Catalina Island." And she, I don't know if she liked that answer because she wanted something more grandiose. <laughs> so the more grandiose, the the thing that really was has been the most amazing sailing experience was sailing in Croatia uh, with three other couples. We did a a bare boat charter, which means we just got the boat. And there was a moment where we were sailing around an island and this is in the Adriatic Sea, so there's no swells. So it's just flat. And the wind was blowing like 29, 30 knots. We were almost going 10 knots. The whole boat was crazy shaking in a flat ocean with the mountains over the side and it was just epic. So I can't wait to go back to Croatia and sail around the world. And spoiler alert, you find me in 10 years, and I'll be offering crazy chartered adventures where you pay what seems like a crazy amount of money, but we're going to spend a week or two in the Bahamas or in the British Virgin Islands, and we're going to talk and and connect with who you are as a brand on a boat. That's happening.
1: That is cool. I'm so down for that. (laughs) That is amazing. And Croatia, do you know Megan Powers?
0: No, but it sounds like it's a powerful connection. So,
1: fel- yeah, fellow marketer Megan Powers is in Croatia right now. She is taking advantage of the fact that it's a place that will actually allow Americans right now. So she is hanging out in Croatia, working from uh, a distance for a while.
0: Well, good. We'll tell her to get on a boat, and she can really get in there. But it, it was it was a great it was a great adventure. Yeah, um, sailing in the Adriatic Sea.
1: Very cool thing to do. I love it. Ryan, you are amazing. You bring it every single time. Uh, You're fantastic. Thank you so much for ditching the act, keeping it real, and being here with us today to help all of us do the same. Where can people find you besides a boat?
0: (laughs) Uh, My website's a great way to start, and you can go to ryan.online. That's it. You go to the browser, you go Ryan.online. There you Dance. can find my podcast, my four TEDx talks, how to work with me, all kinds of fun stuff. My name is Ryan. If you want to find me online, ryan.online.
1: I love it. And I didn't even know that. I think I put in ryanfollin.com because that's what I found. But you know what? Shortcut, ryan.online. I
0: love it. Thank you so much for being here
1: today, Ryan.
0: Yep. And And do you mind if I wrap it up real quick? Do it. Here is the deal, let me give it to you real. The key to connection is to learn to reveal because you are not perfect and neither am I. And that is the exact reason that we see eye to eye because everybody's different, but we are all the same. To be perfectly imperfect is how you win the game. And if you only showcase good and do not share the bad, you will miss connections that you never knew you had. (gasps) Oh, my God. Word to your mother, Ryan Foland. I will tell her. I will tell her.
1: <laughs> ginger Thunder. I love it. What is your G- rapper? Ginger
0: name? MC, also known as some people call me Ginger Cannon, but I prefer Ginger MC. Yes, that is well, me.
1: Either way, <laughs> Ginger, my, my Ginger friend, you are spitting fire. I love it. Thank you so much for that. That's Cheers. 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 Clink, clink, clinkety clink. Boop and uh thank you so much and for everybody watching i do do this show every single friday at 12 noon eastern time i also have a twitter chat on Tuesdays at 12 noon Eastern time called Chat About Brand. I don't have my guest on the Twitter chat. It's just us, but it is a great opportunity to discuss the topic at hand that is going to be discussed with my guest that Friday. So next week on Election Day, I'm going to be a little stressed, you guys. I'm going to need your help. Um, on Twitter On t- at 12 noon, it is branding something bigger than yourself. See, I have branded something that's me. I have branded Christine Gritman Inc. This is about branding something bigger than yourself. And the reason we are talking about that is that my guest that Friday is going to be the fabulous Mel Bridger, who has created a couple things that are bigger than herself. She started out uh, branding herself as the Mummy Trainer UK, and she um, has since created a whole franchise opportunity, Beats Fitness. So she made that much bigger than herself. So we're going to talk about that next week. I hope you join us. Mark your calendar, 12, uh, 12 noon on Twitter, Tuesdays, Facebook Fridays. See you there. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.